Welcome once again to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm your host, Darren Long, and by my side this week, Jeremy Wiseman, the Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. A show about a lot of information, Jeremy, but our products that we love to discuss on The Real Money Show, natural fancy colored diamonds and physical gold and silver. That's what The Real Money Show is about. The website, before we get going, is guildhallwealth.com. We want to extend a warm congratulations to the winner of the contest, which we'll do later in the show. And this show this week, Jeremy, an interesting theme, just don't call it QE. Now, you came up with that idea. We have been talking about it throughout the week, and it's on everybody's mind right now. Is it money printing? Is it quantitative easing? Is it quantitative tightening done? We're going to have some fun with that throughout the show. We're going to talk about it. We want you to stay tuned because this is a show that we're going to bring out a little more about quantitative easing. So again, getting started and talking about the marketplace where we're at right now, Jeremy, gold and silver holding very well within the ranges. And this week, yet another slew of analysts coming out and discussing where they believe the markets of gold and silver are coming. Some a little bit bullish, some very bullish, but you put here, and uh, we discussed it a little earlier, uh, Joni Teves, precious metal strategist at UBS, is upgrading her own gold forecast, and she sees the prices of gold going higher. What is she saying here? She's looking for gold to basically get through $1,600 in the next 12 months, but uh, she does see that gold could get to 1600 before year's end, which is which is great. I think that that is a, a bullish forecast. Uh, in terms of silver, she also thinks that silver could get to $20 by the end of the year. Now, she's not bullish through 2020 on silver per se, but then she does talk about the ratio of uh, gold, the gold-silver ratio coming back down below 60 to 1. Now, right now, we're above 80 to 1. So that means that silver could go... Uh, much higher from here. Another analyst uh, that was uh, interviewed on Bloomberg uh, from UBS is um, uh, Schneider, and he said any pullback in gold is a buying opportunity. Now, he's the head of commodities at UBS Global Wealth Management. He's the CIO, and uh, he is talking a lot about being defensively positioned in your portfolio. The two main things to be concerned about are trade talks, which is an interesting thing because as you see, Darren, every day, oh, trade talks are good. Oh, gold goes down. Trade talks are bad. Gold goes up. It's kind of ridiculous. Very yes. Um, but that the Fed will cut uh, interest rates, and so they want to be defensively positioned, and therefore he thinks gold is a great place to be right now. What we also talk about in the show is who's buying Where's it coming from? Where's the demand coming from? And of course, by country, there is and has been a very significant change in an appetite for gold over the last decade, in particular central banks around the world, which have become net buyers of gold on a year-to-year basis. Uh, Russia t- Television, RTTV, just produced a report talking about China and in particular how their appetite for gold is just growing tremendously and you brought that to the fold this week as well tell us a bit more about that Jeremy so essentially they've added another hundred tons of gold to their coffers this year again admits uh, amidst the uh, trade war issues and concerns and uh, China and Russia have both been buying gold and essentially they're preparing for two things we talk about it a lot on the show uh, they're preparing for two things one potential debt implosion you need to have assets your currency is not going to do especially uh, Russia with sanctions they do need an, an alternative so gold provides that and they're also preparing for a world where the USD is not the reserve currency that that is the trend 
less and less USD is being used in, in world trade. And so they are certainly preparing for that. So it's one part hedging the dollar in, in China's sense, one part hedging sanctions in Russia's sense, and everyone's trying to hedge the fact that the US dollar might not be the reserve currency in the future. Well, if you're thinking about getting into gold or silver, you want to add it to your portfolio, buy some, take it home, maybe store it, or put it into an RSP or TFSA, the number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver That's one eight seven seven eight silver Or head over to Guildhall's website at guildhallwealth.com and get your free investment package. There you will find out exactly what we offer and how easy it is to actually own gold and silver. Jeremy, in addition to these analysts, something we like to talk about quite a bit is the question that arises when people are coming to us. How much gold is enough or how much silver, gold, natural fancy colored diamonds in a portfolio is enough? Generally speaking, as a rule of thumb from what we've read over the years and discussed with analysts, 10 to 25%. But it is very important to note that when an analyst does talk about it publicly, that should be shared. And in fact, on the 8th of September, uh, on CNBC, Mark Mobius, who's the founding partner uh, at Mobius Capital Partners uh, and informally at Franklin, Franklin Templeton Investments, he is not only focused on gold, but he's also talked about the amount that might be comfortable for an average investor. Yeah, now Mark Mobius, he spent three decades at Franklin at Franklin Templeton. So you're talking about a, a real veteran to the business and he recommends 10% in physical gold, um, basically most importantly because of the increase in money supply. Now we're gonna be talking about QE later on, so that's gonna play a role in that. He says all central banks as well are trying to get interest rates down they're pumping money into the system, and then there's all sorts of cryptocurrencies. So he says there, there's very difficult way to. It's very difficult to understand how much money is actually out there, and that's why you want to have some physical gold in your portfolio. Um, here's a quote. He says they're certainly going to try to weaken the dollar against other currencies. Of course, it's a race to the bottom because as soon as they do that, other currencies will also weaken. So the idea there is that, that he well knows, and we've talked about it on the show um, ad nauseum, is this idea that how do you pay off the debts? You devalue the currency, and when the, when the currency gets devalued, things are going to get more expensive, but you're going you're gonna to pay off the debt with devalued dollars, and so how, do you gonna, how are you going to keep your wealth against that? You've got to have some physical gold and silver. Well, he wasn't the only one talking on the street this week. We have an update from Gerald Salente. In the next segment, you are tuned into The Real Money Show, the website, guildhallwealth.com, or the number to call to get a free investor package, one eight seven seven eight silver That's one eight seven seven eight silver We'll talk more about Salente, quantitative easing, a number of topics, and we're going to have some fun with quantitative easing throughout the show. So please stay tuned. You are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. That first segment, Jeremy, flew by and lots more to talk about. Coming up later in the show, a discussion on quantitative easing, our old friend QE, and lots to say about that as well. But first here, Gerald Salente had a little bit to say about trends developing over this week, and in particular, uh, an article that came from King World News on six major predictions that Salente has just issued, and he calls it his most important series of global forecasts ever. Now, that's significant coming from Gerald because he doesn't just uh, throw those out there willy-nilly on a week or monthly basis. He takes a lot of time to develop his thought in trends, and he's been real 
real good at developing and talking about those trends, and he's been even more accurate than anyone I know about this. So uh, the first trend he's discussing here in the six major prediction trends is spending. And he's saying spending is down. Shed some light on that a little bit. So um, this is a, essentially about going deeper in debt. Mm -hmm. That, uh, you know, there's that line, another day older and deeper in debt. He, he believes the trend is that economies will continue to sag. As a result, social unrest will continue to escalate because essentially Americans are borrowing a lot more to buy a lot less. So that's the trend. Borrow more, buy less with what you're even borrowing. All right. That consumer spending is significant in my mind because that is going to get uh, the economy in a lot of trouble as we go through this next recession. And you'll see that spending uh, in the form of organic dollars earned through organic growth is way down across the board around the world. And spending dollars you don't own is way up. Credit card debt is way up borrowing way up and that's dangerous so of course we want to hold assets like gold and silver because that's what makes the best sense the second trend forecast he has here is that auto loans are expanding now we've seen this in the form of of auto loan debt which after the subprime crisis was one of the fastest as well as student loan debt to rise in the amount of debt that they're incurring and what he says is that basically uh, the middle class which is where we go to get the best measurement data, the middle class is uh, getting bigger cars, more expensive cars, and taking far longer to pay them off. He says roughly 33% of auto loans take at least six years to pay off, which is up from 10% a decade ago, with an average cost of a new car being around 34000 in the U.S., in part due to safety features and all the additional bells and whistles that cars have and obviously they are spending a lot of money when it comes to these things so again yeah. another trend to be watching and um you know as we're talking about this it makes me think if i want to get 10 percent of my portfolio into gold and silver i gotta know where to go so let's tell people that they can go over to guildhallwealth.com which is our website and the phone number one 866 Two seven four nine five seven zero, or you might want to remember it as one eight seven seven eight silver. That's an easy number to remember. Also, we'll send out a package. Now, the third of these Jeremy major predictions is uh, him talking about uh, the financial squeeze being felt from the bottom to the top, and he calls it skylines for sale. Yeah, he's talking about the fact that uh, real estate in Manhattan has come down thirty two percent. And uh, at the same time, you have pension funds that are buying commercial real estate, which is interesting. Hold on to that one because we're going to talk about um, another one of his, his trends there. There's all these vacancies in commercial real estate. So why are pension funds buying commercial real estate? Could it be that interest rates are, are at rock bottom? So why not just borrow and buy these things? I don't know how much thought is really being put into it in, in that respect. He also sees oil prices trending lower. Um, as part of a global slowdown. And I think where we're getting with all of this, Darren, we have a few more on, on the list here, is that uh, he does believe that we are in or headed towards a Great Depression. Now, Jim Rickards, on the other hand, he says we're already in a, de a depression because you're talking about depressed growth. And if your growth isn't, isn't, uh, isn't uh, robust and it's depressed, then you're in a depression. So when you see growth under 2%, it doesn't matter if it's positive. 
you're you're those are that's depressed growth. Well, this next trend that he puts out there is called online, not on foot. And basically, this is a discussion about the shrinking of the brick and mortar storefronts in favor of the growth of industrial warehouses that companies like Amazon and others are now buying up all over the states and in Canada. It's happening here. And we're going along with it because the future, as he says, is e-commerce. We are going to be inherently a uh, completely completely taken by e-commerce in the next couple of decades carbon footprint be damned yes be <laughs> no damned. one seems to care about what nobody that, cares what that takes um another one uh, a trend i find really interesting is he talks about um people leaving expensive cities for rural towns uh the idea that um you know it's just too expensive to live in a city so let's go live in a community be organic and i think that's a great idea that's one of those trends that i think is essentially a positive trend he does also talk about uh, the banking industry as a whole that hsbc slashed 10,000 jobs this is after 60,000 layoffs from deutsche bank barclays city groups and others we know that uh, jp morgan just lost four people uh through the spoofing um racketeering um case that they're going to be bringing forth and then finally you've got market dysfunction bank of international settlements wrote quote the unprecedented growth in central bank's balance sheet since the financial crisis has had a negative impact on the way in which financial markets function. That's incredible. Again, that's another comment to really hold on to. We're going to talk about more um, when we do the QE definitions. And finally, he sees uh, his biggest trend, gold, three to 5000 the more cheap money backed by nothing and printed on nothing that flows into the systems, the higher gold prices will spike. That's a quote right from his trend forecast. And uh, let's pick that apart further and also more on quantitative easing or QE as they call it. What is it? Is it actually happening? What are the uh, politicians talking about? And gold or silver, which is better to own? Let's talk about that in the next segment when we come right back. You are tuned into The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. The website is guildhallwealth.com. The number to call for a free investor package, you got to own gold and silver, is one eight seven seven eight silver Use it. We'll send that information to you free of charge. We're happy to do it. Or you can speak directly with us and ask questions about the ownership of natural fancy colored diamonds, gold, and silver. You are listening on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are tuned into The Real Money Show. I want to welcome you back and thank you for staying tuned in. The website, guildhallwealth.com, is a place you can go and get free information on the ownership of physical gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds. In that last segment, Jeremy, we talked about Gerald Salente's trend predictions, one of the most important sets of trend predictions he's ever made, according to his own words. And in the last trend prediction, you kind of mentioned gold he thinks is going three to five thousand dollars an ounce i can see it it's easy to see i've not always been on side with the prediction of ten thousand dollars an ounce but anything in this crazy messed up world is possible and one thing is for certain that over the time that we've been here and our doors have been open gold and silver have been necessary as protection as insurance and as ways to grow your wealth not having it in your portfolio not owning some well do that at your own detriment folks because for us it has been a successful way to ensure our wealth now the question about gold and about silver which is asked on a week-to-week -week basis jeremy is what's better should i own gold should i own silver 
And usually the answer is, you know, a mixture of different bits of feedback. And it obviously depends on who the client is and what they want and where the money might be coming from and all these things that get factored into their decision process. But let's talk more about that. Let's talk about gold and silver. Which is better to own? Well, I think that uh, it depends on the size of the investment. I think one of the things that we bring to the table is we do have an expertise in the market and we understand what has worked well for clients over the years. We both know, Darren, that silver has more upside, but it is more volatile because it is a smaller market. So silver buyers definitely should be nimble and ready to take profit, whereas I think gold is considered more of a long-term wealth protection asset to hold. So I think there's money to be made in silver and gold is really for the long term. So I think you can kind of start to see how to tailor a package for yourself in that respect. Well, if gold is considered more for the long term wealth protection, as you say, then when should you consider silver? I think I think the size of the portfolio should be taken into consideration. So for example, let's say a, a client's investing over 20000 and in that sense, there'd be room for a bit of both. Um, maybe under 20000 perhaps the, the client might want to consider doing only silver in that sense because they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to increase their wealth. And so again, if you have that being nimble in mind, then you can do that with silver. Um, you know, if the, if the approach to the funds is set it and forget it, there's no inclination to ever sell the product, then, then even if it's under 20000 then gold might be the way to go. So you have... I just want to set it and forget it. I don't want to think about it. Think about gold. That's pretty much something you're going to own and hopefully never have to sell in that respect. If you're saying, look, I don't want to put it in the bank. I'm getting nothing on my, I'm getting no return. I'd like to make something on this. Then you can consider putting, we're talking about an investment under 20. You can consider to go all silver in that example. Is there an advantage of one over the other? You know, this is an interesting thing because every day you come across someone, I'm sure, Darren, who says gold's expensive. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my uh, knee-jerk response to that is, is comparative to what? Um, compared to the debts out there, it's pretty cheap. Compared to what? how fast real estate prices have gone up in Toronto, it's, it's, it's relatively inexpensive. What's really interesting about gold right now is that the premiums on it are very low. The premiums on gold are actually lower than on silver. So even though silver is significantly cheaper than gold, on a margin basis, it's actually a better buy to be acquiring gold right now. So uh, that's something to consider. Now, also, always remember the larger the bar, the lower the premium and the larger the volume, whether it's uh, one one purchase or by being a client and acquiring product over time, you're always going to get access to volume discounts. Well, you can see those volume discounts on our website through the e-store at guildhallwealth.com. If you are a buyer and you want to do and set up an account and do some uh, buying to have that product sent at home, also keep in mind that if you're spending over 1000 you will get the shipment for free of charge. So it's a good thing to remember if you're shopping from anywhere in Canada, we'll help you out with that. And in terms of that, Jeremy, um, we are also saying, you know, people need to know once they have all this information where to go. Mm-hmm. What is the normal the course of action now that you've got this information? Where do people go to buy gold? So, you know, obviously we can handle anything physical. Um, we don't deal in any paper. So mm-hmm. if you're looking to trade and not pay any fees of any kind, then you might be looking at some sort of paper uh, substitute for the metal. But for those who actually want to own the real thing, our motto is if you don't hold it, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. 
but you can do it in a registered account, hold the physical product in your registered account, RSP, TFSA, Lira, Lyft, um, RESP. You can just buy it directly from us. So if you've never purchased precious metals before, you can come in, make an appointment, come in, see the types of products that you can acquire, start there. We kind of do the crawl, walk, run method in that sense. We have a depository, so for people who are buying, you know, over a thousand ounces of silver and they want to make sure it's uh, fully insured and secured uh, in a safe location, they can consider depository or we can finance it. So maybe someone has some physical metal at home, maybe they want it to do more for them, maybe they want to borrow against something they already have. This is where the allocated financing could come into play. No matter what you're doing with Guildhall, the motto stands, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. All of it is pure physical product. Guildhallwealth.com, the website where you want to go to look at that product online, both gold and silver in coin and bar form, and the various premiums you can see right there, plain as day, pricing is always available. And at the top of the website, while you're on the e-store, if you want to shop in Canadian dollars, simply click the Canadian flag. If you want to convert back to the U.S., then click the U.S. flag. Those are the two options we have for price. I like reminding people about that because sometimes it's hard to figure out exactly what something will cost in another currency. Now, Jeremy, um, when it comes to gold and silver, these are two very important and integral aspects of what we do in our day-to-day here at Guild Hall. But it's not the only thing we do. We also handle natural fancy colored diamonds. Let's come back in the next segment, talk a little bit about natural fancy colored diamonds, a little recap, a little update, and why we're getting so excited about pinks in particular. There is a lot to say, a lot of money to be made. You are tuned into The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. Also, we're going to talk about quantitative easing, which is fun to discuss. So stay tuned for that. And uh, that and much, much more will be coming to you. This is Guildhall Wealth Management. This is The Real Money Show, and you are listening to Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm your host, Darren Long, and with me this week, Jeremy Wiseman, the Vice President of Guildhall Wealth. And Jeremy, the part of the show that I in particular love discussing is colored diamonds. We have always been fans of the ownership of colored diamonds. We always believe that it's part of the hard asset category and that it should be shared when you have the budget with gold and silver as a package. And this week was, uh, again, an interesting week because on the heels of what has now been the uh, last opportunity for uh, invited investors to bid their final bids on the Argyle Pink Diamond Tender, one of, if not the last one to ever happen. There was also a significant pink diamond sold this past week at Sotheby's in Hong Kong. It was a 10.64 carat fancy vivid purplish pink internally flawless stone. And it had in its ring uh, two uh, diamonds on each side, trapezoid, trapezoid, uh, sorry, diamonds that were on each side for a ring. But that center stone, the 10.64 carat, was what they were after. And it happened to sell for 19, just a little over 19.5 million U.S. dollars. And that 
my friend, makes that diamond just a little over $1.9 million per carat, which is very significant in our industry because as these final uh, available pink diamonds from places like Argyle and these large diamonds, which obviously are one-offs, don't have happen around the world, as that continues to happen, the uh, atmosphere, the amount of media attention that this is garnering is become huge. This is being run in CNBC, in BNN, in Canada, in the US, in Europe, all over the place. People are hearing more and more about pink diamonds. Yeah, and I think this auction in particular is very interesting, uh, you know, Given the geopolitical climate that it took place in, um, you know, regarding Hong Kong, we know that China's, you know, putting capital controls on. There's not a lot of money leaving China, so I didn't, I didn't have very good expectations about this particular auction, uh, being that a lot of the money flowing out of China is not really flowing out of China anymore. And um, but lo and behold, someone is willing to spend almost $20 million on a pink diamond. Uh, you noted uh, just before we went on air, Darren, that um, that an 80-carat, I believe, white diamond, D-Flawless, failed to sell. It did. Um, and I think they were asking, what, 10, $10 million for that. 10 to 12 was the expected so, price range. So that, that didn't even sell, um, which is interesting. And so, again, I think, it's the, I think it, this isn't record-breaking. But by the same token, it's showing that the pink diamonds is still something that people want to want to be uh, acquiring and want to hold. And uh, obviously, this does put the the price per carat over a million, which is something you mentioned a couple of weeks ago about the the Argyle tender that bids are going to be about a million dollars a carat. Paul and I were just looking at some clients who purchased pink diamonds a little over a decade ago, and we were in awe of what what they've done price wise. Um, so it is a remarkable investment. Now it's obviously not as liquid as gold or silver. It's really part of uh, your portfolio or your wealth that you can afford to put this this uh, money aside and you want it protected. You don't want to have to worry about where it's going to be in the next 20, 30 years. And uh, you know, if you can hold on to it that long, it's. I think you, you'll find anybody who owns a natural fancy color diamond who gives it you know, 15, 20 years looks back and says, I paid a pittance. And that's, that's really, that's really the goal. That's really where you, you feel like you've done everything right. And uh, we see that with our clients, um, you know, going back over a decade in the diamonds where you can say, yeah, wow, that client really did pay a pittance. And it just kind of goes to show that unlike the stock market where you can see progress every day, um, and even in the precious metals, you can see the process, the, the progress every day. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a market you don't see that. This is a market, it's like planting a tree in the backyard. Right? It's not like just planting some tulips uh, and seeing what comes up in the spring. This is about what is this tree going to look like in a, in, a, in a little time. And uh, for that generational wealth, it's, it's uh, a great investment to hold. And let's be honest, they are gorgeous to look at. They are. And in fact, we want to share as much information with our clients and potential clients as possible on colored diamonds because let's face it, it's an area people know very little bit about, Jeremy. We don't get a ton of calls about colored diamonds because most people, let's face it, are afraid to step out of their comfort zone of stocks and bonds and cash and gold and silver. And it's part of every much 
as part of the hard asset category in the protection of wealth as gold and silver is. It has working for it some of the very same fundamentals as gold and silver do. You're right. It's not liquid. It's like a house. It needs to be marketed and shown to a larger, broader audience. And it might go around the world, as many of these pink diamonds often do, even yellows as well, as you well know. But the amount of money that can be made in this particular arena for the right and smart investor is incredible. And when we look back just at a decade of pink diamond sales, I'm amazed. I'm literally floored by the difference in the price of what we paid for diamonds back then versus what the diamond is worth right now. So to get in on that, to be part of it, go over to the website, guildhallwealth.com. While you're there, go to the diamond section. Take a look at some of these diamonds and then ask for the details. It's free for you to get this information. There's no obligation, but you're going to be getting educated about something that can make and protect and build your wealth. And that's the key concept here as well as gold and silver is to be as well diversified as you can the well i guess we can't call it the you know what storm is coming a recession is inevitably going to be part of our everyday life over the next number of years and as it does you want to have good quality assets like gold silver natural fancy colored diamonds if you'd like to know more about that story on pink diamonds or about natural fancy colored diamonds in general or to see anything that we have available just go over to the website guildhallwealth.com or call us one eight seven seven eight silver now jeremy we've been waiting all week it's the just don't call it qe portion of the show coming up let's talk about quantitative easing when we come back let's not keep people waiting anymore and what a farce this has become for the u.s that and much much more you are tuned into the real money show with guildhall wealth management you are tuned in to global news radio 640 toronto Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. Jeremy, this is a portion of the show where we're going to talk a little bit about quantitative easing. We've been teasing it all throughout the show, and this idea, concept of QE, quantitative easing, it's starting to bounce around again. There's money printing happening. Let's help the public at large. Let's help our listeners to understand it a bit better. First off, why don't you share what you know to be the definition of quantitative easing? So I'm going to give a quote here uh, from an article called, What is Quantitative Easing? Explain Definition, Risks, and Effects on the Economy. So uh, they say here, The Federal Reserve prints money to finance the purchase of government treasuries from financial institutions in an effort to pour extra money into the economy. So essentially, they're printing money. The idea is that these institutions will in turn be more willing to lend out money at lower rates, thereby helping the central bank achieve a low interest rate policy. Um, Of course, people, they didn't lend out the money. In addition, quantitative easing can fuel economic growth since the money funneled into the economy, which didn't happen, should allow people to more comfortably make purchases. Again, they just lowered interest rates and people borrowed more. Um, People didn't borrow to build businesses. This can have a trickle-down effect and... Uh, and a trickle-down effect on both the consumer and business community, leading to increased stock market performance and GDP growth. Of course, if you're just borrowing money and buying back stock, then that's going to drive the price of your stock higher. Uh, The important thing to remember is that quantitative easing generally leads to short-term benefits with the risk of exacerbating long-term problems. As a result, it is often used as a last resort when the economy faces a risk of a recession or depression. So essentially... In this definition, they're saying it's only going to stave off what needs to happen, which is you need to have the market naturally correct itself. But in being so scared 
of the market correcting itself. You decide to intervene on that, and then we end up with what I like to call weekend at Bernie's, a dead economy that you're trying to walk around and pretend that it's got life in it. Well, that's a good analogy, my friend, because this has become absolutely a farce. They have used the funniest terms when talking about what is obviously quantitative easing or money printing. I don't know why we have to have all this verbiage. They called it organic printing. As if to say, let's mix it with organic growth, which is a term we all want to hear because organic growth is the best type of growth for organic economy. Organic growth versus what? Printing. Or versus what? The, the growth that the Fed has done? It's right? ridiculous. Which is synthetic because they've printed money and created a synthetic growth versus actually having wealth accumulation through a higher savings because interest rates are where they should be. Um, you know, the funny thing is, is this week, um, Powell said, uh, quote, I want to emphasize that growth of our balance sheet for reserve management purposes should in no way be confused with large scale asset purchase programs that we deployed after the financial crisis. He wants to go on and say, in no sense is this QE. Really? Because printing money in any sense of the word is still QE. Maybe not as big as QE one, two, three, um, but certainly you're printing money either way, and you're adding money back onto the balance sheet. They paid off, I think, something like maybe under a trillion dollars off the balance sheet, and then if you looked at it today, you just see this massive spike up, as, and it's almost as if they've reversed all of the pay down on the on their balance sheet from the whole of 2019 just to take care of this repo market business unconventional monetary policy tools is the way that Biss referred to it. And uh, although the Fed calls this organic balance sheet growth, it's money printing and it's killing the economy. And it's happening right in front of the eyes of everyone. If you don't smarten up and hear this and get some gold and silver, well, you live at your own peril because you had that information. You had it right in front of you. Jeremy, this is not going to stop anytime soon, obviously not. No, and, and here's another quick one. Here's a quote from him, from Jerome Powell, uh, chairman of the Federal Reserve. We will not hesitate to conduct temporary operations if needed to foster temper- trading in the federal funds markets at rates within a target range. Temporary. Interesting use of words. Nixon said that lifting the gold standard in 1971 was a temporary measure and that uh, lowering interest rates, Bernanke said, was a temporary measure and uh, pay, letting the, the balance sheet on the Fed in, explode was a temporary measure. And lo and behold, these things have all become permanent. So let's just, let's just say when, when Donald Trump says, believe me, you know not to believe him. And when uh, the Fed says this is temporary, you know not to believe that to be so either. So let's call it for what it is, Darren. This is QE. They have decided to print more money to prop up the markets, and um, it might not be the traditional QE, but what is QE anyway? It's printing money. Well, if you're like us and you want to protect yourself, get some gold, silver, natural, fancy colored diamonds into your portfolio now. The place to do that? guildhallwealth.com the number to call to speak to somebody live no delays no nothing actually get somebody on the phone one eight seven seven eight silver and uh, we're happy to help you out so stay tuned to the real money show we'll be right back and 
Jeremy, when we get back, let's summarize it up. Let's talk about how this all came together this week and what lies ahead for the next week. You are tuned into The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. Jeremy, our final segment of the week. And um, I want to reflect for a minute by by giving the definition of moral hazard. In fact, moral hazard is defined as the lack of incentive to guard against risk where one is protected from its consequences. In in economics, economics, pardon me, I'm all over the place with that word, this would refer to the egregious misallocation of investment capital. And in my mind, we just talked about quantitative easing. This money printing is exactly that. It is the severe misallocation of money and how to protect it, its people. Uh, this is not happening. The middle class is not getting richer. Yeah. How many more warning signs do we need before we say to ourselves, great, I'm going to continue on the path that I know, but I'm going to do it with as much insurance as possible. What else does a listener need to know about the reasons to own gold and silver? You talked about them through the show. What's better, gold, silver? What else do they need to know? How can we help people? Yeah, well, uh, before we do that, I just want to comment on what you're saying here because I, I – the, the, you should re- you should repeat that one because it was so good that quote. Mm. I mean, think about it. Timothy Geithner went to Nick Holder and said, "Don't prosecute these guys on mm-hmm. Wall Street. You know, if they do that, confidence is going to be eroded, and everything that we're doing here is going to be for naught." But who did it end up benefiting in the end? And it's not as though anyone wants to see a crash happen. But the fact is, is it is healthy. <laughs> it would have been a very healthy thing. We wouldn't be sitting here with this fake growing economy or this fake expansion, return to normalcy, which never happened. The market, the, the markets didn't really expand. There was a recovery, and the recovery was anemic at best. And what kind of recovery it is, is it if interest rates aren't back up to six, seven percent, right? So, you know, it, the whole thing has been one big BS, and here we are, right back again, saying, "Well, we're going to print money, but we're not going to call it QE." But at the end of the day, we're desperate to stave off a recession because there's not enough bullets in the chamber to protect against a recession. Where are interest rates going to go? They're going to go past zero. We're getting to negative territory. That is moral hazard. We are in major moral hazard zone. And everyone's going to make the wrong decisions here until finally some right decisions have to be made against their against their will. So... This is a market where all of those moral hazards have to do with paper. They're all investments. It's all currency and printing money and all of these things when you could be out of harm's way by having a physical asset following the lead of Russian central banks and Chinese central banks and central banks around the globe who are acquiring this physical hard asset to maintain their sovereignty and say, yeah, I might be holding U.S. dollars, but I'm going to hedge that U.S. dollar by having some physical gold. Now, anything, any stock that you hold in U.S. dollars is essentially holding U.S. dollars. So they could go up, but if the currency goes down, you've lost. So you have to keep that in mind as well. So gold and silver are negatively correlated to paper assets. 
Well, again, if you're looking to get into this market and you want to effectively avoid that type of turmoil or at least have a good shot of protecting yourself against it, then the ownership of gold and silver, a natural fancy colored diamond, is just one way that you can do so. It has a proven track record. In fact, this morning we laughed, Jeremy, because we were discussing a mailer going out to potential clients and on that mailer somewhere it was talking about gold's growth and the discussion oddly enough, revolved around the thought of whether or not we should actually tell the public that gold has risen some 400 plus percent because the public is so skewed towards the things they believe about financial instruments and what is capable and what is not, that they won't believe gold has gone up 400 plus percent since 2001. Yeah. It has. Which is... This is like over 25% per year. It's insanity. And, And most average people just probably won't believe that. So we were discussing, so, you know, like we're having a debate. Should we put it on there or not put it on there? Because it's the truth. It's the absolute truth. Yet, will people be receptive of that in an economy where they're happy to get 4 or 5%, which is ridiculous. It's out there, folks. You can get better. You can do better. Even in the short term, in the last 15 years, gold has averaged 9-plus percent Canadian dollars. You can do better. All you have to do is pick up that phone or go over to the website, guildhallwealth.com, and we'll be happy to share some information with you. Also, follow along in that newsletter that we send out on a weekly basis. That's free to you. We're loving putting that together, and we want to share it. And just remember, you can put physical gold and silver in registered accounts. Um, You get fully allocated, segregated product. You even get access to the vault to personally audit your holdings. For every 5,000 U.S. you invest, you get one gram of gold, which is an incredible rebate. And, of course, you can buy your product directly through Guildhall, make an appointment, or go online to guildhallpreciousmetals.com and contact us and, and talk. ask us about um, allocated financing. It's a great way to maybe use product you already have or to uh, put less money at risk to, to have in this market at the same time. Well, if you're curious like we were about why gold was rising 37% since the end of May, look no further than what we talked about today, quantitative easing. It is the thorn in the side of every economy. It will continue to be. And money money printing, whether it's happening overnight, whether it's happening in front of your eyes, whether it's happening behind closed doors, will tear apart your wealth. It's going to happen. You've got to have gold and silver in there. We're not going to call it QE. No. We're going to call it money printing. Right. Money printing. Very simple. Stay tuned next week. We'll be back with another show the real money show is brought to you by guildhall wealth management we want to thank you for staying tuned in the number to call one eight seven seven eight silver or the website guildhallwealth.com a great place a great resource for you to get started thank you for being tuned in we'll talk to you next week you've been listening on global news radio 640 toronto